everyone. My name is Charlotte and I'm one of the co-founders of Equalture. Equalture is a pre-selection technology to help you select the best candidate for the job. And in this podcast series, we will discuss different topics in the field of recruitment innovations. In today's episode, we will talk about how to hire more diverse candidates. So we will discuss both the role of employer branding and attracting a diverse talent pool, how to evaluate candidates, how to set up an interview to improve your diversity practices and eventually uh, becoming a more diverse company. My guest for today is Ingeborg van Harten. Ingeborg is head of HR at Molly, uh, which is one of the fastest growing fintech companies in the Netherlands. So welcome Ingeborg, it's great to have you. Thank you, it's good to be here. Before we start talking about diversity and how to how to uh, improve your diversity practice, uh, can you quickly introduce yourself and Molly? Yes. Well, Ingeborg, I'm uh, head of HR at Molly. Previously to joining Molly, um, I worked at a variety of companies across the world. So I started my career as a recruiter, actually, and I um, worked in the Netherlands, but also in Dubai, in Australia and in Spain, um, hiring hundreds of candidates from all different types of backgrounds uh, and different types of skills uh, and experience. I'm very passionate about the topic of diversity and making sure that the right people get hired, not only the right people for the job, but especially for the team and for the company. Mm -hmm. Um, At Molly, we've created a payments platform for entrepreneurs. We started in the Netherlands. We um, are growing very quickly. We're about 120 people at the moment and we're looking at doubling in the next few years. So there's a big job to do to make sure that we grow with the best possible team. Okay, cool. So what I want to discuss today is is uh, uh, diversity in recruitment. So how is Molly dealing with diversity? Uh, uh, um, uh, what is your connection to diversity? Um, and, and talking about two subjects specifically. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is talent first experience. I think that's one of the, the most discussed topics in recruitment currently. Uh, uh, candidate evaluation. So should we base our opinion based on a resume, based on a motivation letter? Or is there more behind the resume uh, uh, that, that we, we we don't see when evaluating just, just a piece of paper? Is there enough about skills? Is there enough about personality? So... What I see in, in the market is that hiring for talent is slowly replacing hiring for experience. Um, but I'm very keen to learn more about what, what's your opinion on that. Yeah, so I've always worked in roles where um, the people I was looking to find were scarce. Uh, so in those uh, um, scenarios, you always have to hire for talent and potential. And you can't always hire for skills because they're simply not enough. And so the same goes today for software developers or if you look at automation testers, uh, especially those roles which are hard to fill. um, It's more and more important that you hire people that can learn quickly and adapt quickly and master the skills quickly um, versus hiring people that have done the exact same thing three or five years previously because there's too much competition in the market for those people. Okay, how to do so? Because I think for 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 many many uh, HR managers, recruitment managers, it's quite easy to just take a look at a resume and see someone's track records and and base your opinion and and your expectations uh, um, on skills uh, just based on what someone has done. When you are basing your opinion on talent, uh, I think it requires some more people skills. You need to to one way or another, you need to 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 find the thing that you're searching for uh, that gives you the impression that someone can actually learn and can learn the skill quickly. Um, how to deal with that? 
It's a really hard one because even if you have really strong people skills as an HR manager or recruiter, the first thing you will always see is a CV. So I think this is really where the candidate needs to realize, no matter how good they are, how fast they learn, their CV is really still what is going to sell them. And the CV could also be a LinkedIn profile or an online website or whatever profile they build for themselves. They need to realize that that's the first impression. Uh, so don't make it too hard for the people in HR or recruitment to actually see that you're a good learner or you have a lot of potential. Um, from an HR um, standpoint, I guess I'm not only looking for people who have certain skills. I really look for patterns in a, in a CV or a profile that people have done something exceptional. So, for example, if they were promoted um, in a role very quickly... Uh, at another company or they did some extracurricular activities or they um, went to university and did something I know, that set them apart from other candidates. So even if they don't exactly have the skills that I'm looking for for a role, I will still look for uh, successful patterns in a CV. So as a candidate, if you want to prove yourself and you think I might not be 100% qualified for the role, my best advice would be, or what I'm at least looking for, is to make sure that people, when they look at your CV, can still see that you are a fast learner and that you uh, deliver high quality work. Do you think it's fair to to basically bring that responsibility to candidates? So, so uh, basically saying to candidates, like, okay, it's your responsibility to make sure that you create the best impression of, on yourself of yourself on a resume, uh, instead of of, of helping them uh, gathering the information they need to to uh, to make sure. You have all the information you need to, to, to make that first impression. It's both ways. So as a company, I also put a lot of effort into showing candidates why they should want to work for us. I create a career site. Uh, we put a lot of effort into employer branding. We go to meetups. We talk to candidates at career fairs. So we also uh, try to impress the candidate with the company we are. And I actually expect the exact same back. So they have to um, do their own research into the company they want to join. And I provide them with as much information as possible to help them make the right selection in terms of a company. And I expect back from them that they do exactly the same and they help me understand whether or not I should interview them or they could be a fit. So yes, it's both ways. Um, I think you should put an equal amount of effort in. It's Yes, we want to hire people, but we also provide a great place to work. Uh, we provide a career, we provide development opportunities. So I, I do think that there's um, it's, it's okay to ask the candidate to put an equal amount of effort in to show us uh, that they're interesting for us to talk to. Do you think that the way you present yourself as a company on your career site, for instance, uh, the, the perks you mentioned, the, the photos you show, stuff like that, leaves room for bias, leaves room for, for the fact that some candidates uh, will feel really attracted to the company and maybe uh, other cultures or stuff like that uh, uh, feel a little bit excluded? At the moment, I would say yes. Um, Mali has traditionally grown um, from a very small company into quite a larger organization uh, really quickly. Um, and it started with a few guys with a great idea for a good product, all friends of each other uh, developing. Um, when you then grow quite quickly, I guess you um, the first thing on your mind is not always diversity and inclusion and making sure that you're an attractive employer for all types of people. It's, it's unfortunately often an afterthought. Um, I guess the branding and the way that we present ourselves today is attractive to a lot of people, but we haven't really thought about is it inclusive and diverse enough to make sure that everyone uh, it's appealing to everyone. Um, but it's something we're actively working on. Um, so my hope is that in the future, when people look look at Molly, they will see a company that is uh, honest and authentic about who we are, because I also don't think that it is a place where everyone should want to work. 
uh, we do have a certain culture and that we're proud of. And I don't think every person fits into this culture. So rather than being attractive to everyone, I think it's really important that we spend a lot of time and effort into really showing who we are and what type of people will be successful here and what we offer for people to make a, um, a solid judgment call mm-hmm. on whether or not they want to put effort in to being a candidate here or being considered. So basically the challenge for you guys now is how to to make sure that we translate the, the culture we have in, in, into uh, uh, into the most honest picture on our career side, for instance, and just see who feels attracted and who, who doesn't feel attracted. Yeah, so um, pictures, I think, say a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give you an example with our Instagram account. We used to have a lot of marketing photos on there, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think gave the best impression of the company and how it would feel like to work here. And we've recently started with having an Instagrammer of the week. So we've asked all the Mollies if they're interested in taking over our Instagram account for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone can do that, uh, young, old, no matter which level you are. And now what you're seeing is that you actually see employees showing their work week, showing their colleagues. And it's a much more diverse picture that you got initially when uh, the Instagram account was filled with uh, really good-looking marketing pictures, but not with the pictures taken by our own people. So it's one of the, I guess, initiatives that we've uh, launched to make sure that it's an honest view of what's happening here rather than a um, glossy view. And the same goes with pictures on the website um, uh, or videos that we'll be creating uh, as much as possible. We're showing the people that are working here and it's them actually creating it. Okay, cool. So, so I think the the, the part where you uh, uh, employee branding uh, slash talent attraction that's that's the part where you're responsible. I think I think there's there you already doing a great job. I've seen your career side; it it looks pretty cool. Uh, uh, but I think that that lays in your own hands. So, if you want to 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 get the best out of it and make it as inclusive as possible. Uh, um, that's something you can, I think you can quite easily do by just creating a, f- a fair picture of, of the company, who you are and what you want to be. When it comes to the next step, so evaluating candidates and you're inviting them for a first interview, that's where it becomes harder to to tackle bias, I think. Yeah, and I um, truly believe that everyone who is in the recruitment team here or the hiring team um, is aware of the fact that there is bias and has a strong desire to create a very creative company. Like our product uh, solely depends on innovation. uh, And we know that we don't have anything else but the minds of our people. And our customers are entrepreneurs um, from young to old, small to big. So we need to make, and they're completely diverse, diverse cultures, uh, backgrounds, different types of uh, companies. So we need to make sure that the people who work here uh, are also the voice of our customers. Uh, And we all realize that. What's harder, though, at the moment is to attract a really diverse uh, group of employees because the interview panel itself is not very diverse yet. Yeah. So it's going to take some time until we make that shift from panel of interviewers who all look alike and think alike, because that's how we've grown traditionally, to offering also a more diverse experience and a more diverse hiring team to the candidates who come. Um, We have a recruitment team who's very aware of this, too, so they... um, try to make sure that the shortlist at least is already as diverse and inclusive as possible. So the recruitment team uh, also knows that sometimes um, it's great to add a few wildcards, for example, to Mm -hmm. a shortlist or a long list to make sure that you don't only look at people who are really qualified for the role, but you also add a few people to the mix who might not be the best people on CV, but they might be brilliant for the uh, team structure Mm -hmm. or the um, uh, overall diversity within the company. 
And is that also uh, to to show the, the 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 panel, the hiring managers, the the, the diversity of of the candidates for a first interview? Is it is do you, is it important to show them a broad range of different candidates with different backgrounds, different skills, different educations? Do you think that that creates that creates a better understanding of 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 diversity? Um, I think, first of all, it's really important that before we show them any candidates, they think about their team and mm -hmm. the structure of their team. And they realize that when you have five people in a team who are all, um, uh, in this case, for example, Dutch, they have studied in a sim at a similar university, they um, uh, don't only have a similar age, but a similar cultural background, that it's hard to create a really innovative uh, product. So when they realize that up front, the shortlist is more interesting because they might already want to see a more diverse shortlist. So I don't, I think actually the education becomes, uh, no, the education should be um, done before we present the shortlist. Mm -hmm. But presenting a really diverse shortlist does help them um, considering different candidates. If you present a shortlist of four candidates who are very similar and one wildcard or one uh, completely different candidate, mm -hmm. the chances of that very different candidate being hired are, are almost zero yeah. um, because you want something to compare. Mm -hmm. So if you make sure that you have five completely different candidates or at least two and three candidates that are quite different, mm -hmm. um, the chances are much higher that a more uh, diverse or slightly different candidate from the current team lands the job. Okay. Do you believe that Um, uh, hiring managers or or even just the managers of the team can be aware of the fact that diversity is important before uh, there is really a diverse team in a company. Do you think it works that way? Realizing you need diversity to improve your company, do you think you need just you just need to show them to prove them like okay, you've just hired someone uh, who's maybe a little bit out of the box in this team. Uh, But it really works. It, it it works surprisingly good. Do you think we 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 first need to be aware of it and then work on it, or just see in practice that it really works, and then then we create that mindset? Yeah, this is a really hard one. It can work both ways because um, you're saying it, first they well should they first be aware, or should they first hire someone and try it? Before they'll hire someone and try it, they should first be aware. Because why would they otherwise um, take that? I guess, gamble mm -hmm. or hire someone completely different. So I think um, people need to realize that in the end, an HR department or a recruitment department, yes, we are advisors, but we're much more than, uh, well, much more than advisors. We're also facilitators of the process. So we can steer a little bit and we can influence a little bit, but in the end, it's really the hiring manager's responsibility who they bring on board and put into their team. So from an HR point of view, I'm really trying to create that awareness. Mm -hmm. I, th I see that as my role to point out that creative teams and diverse teams uh, will lead to better products. Um, I'm, uh, it's not just me saying this. There's enough research mm -hmm. <laughs> done by now that I, I don't need to really make a case or a point. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important that those people um, uh, see, those article, uh, see those articles. They, they have an, op uh, an opportunity to read about it, that it is discussed maybe more often than if it wouldn't be discussed by an HR person who's trying to help Mm -hmm. uh, raise some awareness and the recruitment team uh, I feel can really help by presenting uh, the best possible shortlist including uh, a diversity mindset because sometimes the best possible shortlist is for example only three candidates but it could be a completely non-diverse shortlist yeah but it is the best shortlist they could present yeah but if they take diversity and inclusivity into consideration even though those three would be slightly different because then they've considered not only the best candidate for the role in terms of skills and background, mm -hmm. but also the needs of the team and the company in, in order to add some 
I guess, uh, color or age or ethical background um, to the current team. So to summarize what you were just saying, uh, I think it's the, the job of, of uh, HR to make people aware of the fact that diversity is important in the company. I think then we have uh, a recruitment team who's responsible for creating the best possible shortlist and maybe be a little bit creative about how to evaluate the candidates to make sure that the shortlist becomes actually diverse uh, based on, on, for instance, uh, the skills or talent or personality instead of experience. Um, so then you have a diverse shortlist. What's the next step? How to how to make sure that you make, for instance, a first or a second interview as objective as possible where you have such a broad range of, of different candidates? Um, it's really important to look actually at the interview team. So if the first interview is done by two people who are very similar, mm-hmm. uh, with a similar mindset and also, again, a similar background and maybe not the most diverse interview team, mm-hmm. um, the results um, are also not guaranteed to be very uh, diverse. Um, so again, a way to influence this would be to make sure that the two people or the three people you put into a first interview panel are all uh, slightly different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, for example, here where we have... Um, more men than women in management roles. Mm-hmm. I always try to include uh, a female in the interview panel. Uh, and it's the same with people that come from a sales background or a technical background. When you uh, mix them up in an interview, you get a very different opinion and, uh, and result. So it helps to make sure that your interview panel is both prepared um, to be open about the type of candidate they're uh, hiring. They'll have a different point of view of what type of skills they need, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a different personality from each other. Uh, in reality, that's sometimes very hard. Yeah. When you're hiring for engineering roles, you'll have an engineering manager and another engineering manager and maybe another engineer from the team. Or maybe in that case, add a recruiter or yeah. add someone from HR or add someone from the product team who might be either female or um, different, again, ethnicity um, just to make sure that also the interviewee feels that they're sitting in front of a diverse team. Because you also don't want that person to feel like I'm going to be the odd one out if I join this company because no one in this company is, is any way near, um, anyway like me. Mm-hmm. So always two or more people in an interview? Ideally, yes. And not the same people? Correct. With different mindsets, yes. different personality, maybe even different tasks. As different as possible from each other. Okay, cool. Okay, so... Uh, uh, to summarize the, the, the whole process we, we discussed, uh, the, the first thing is, is uh, making your career side, your employee branding, maybe just as fair as possible, just showing the real picture of your yeah. company. I think not over overcompensating in terms yeah. of, of, of... But fair is also an interesting one in this case, because, for example, we are moving in a path to be more diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also needed to make sure that our product stays um, as innovative as possible and we connect with our audience. If we are 100% fair on our career site and on Instagram at the moment, we're showing our current picture mm-hmm. and not the picture of the future. So yes, fair, but I think it's also fine to talk about your ambitions as a company and the way you want to grow into um, and profiling a few of the people that you think um, you'd like to have more of in your company. <laughs> okay, yeah, so cool. That, that's that's a, that's a really useful practical practical tip. So, so if you want to do more about diversity, Light up the people uh, uh, who can be we, who can be the the ones who yeah the ambassadors yeah. are the reason why yeah, different maybe type of person work. will consider your company. 
So uh, with Molly, for example, um, it's not like we don't have any females, but they've never been very prevalent on the website. Mm -hmm. So when I was hiring for an HR coordinator a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, the feedback I got, because uh, traditionally uh, HR roles are a lot of females that apply for those, is that your website looks very um, masculine. There's Star Wars, there, it's black and white. <laughs> it's actually somewhat, it's a little bit confronting when you're a female looking at it. It's not very inviting. And it really opened our eyes mm -hmm. because actually the, it's showing the truth. Because when you walk in here, it's quite black and white and there is Star Wars, but it's um, not showing some of the uh, great creative females that we have because they're, they're not very uh, outspoken maybe or they have never positioned themselves in a way that they want to be featured on the website. And now when we've asked them, they're absolutely fine to do that. And I think that will then, uh, in its turn, attract maybe more females or also people from a different age or gender because they see much more than just the um, original people who started the company and the Star Wars uh, toys they love. Okay, so we the, you should focus on, on uh, um, presenting the fair story. Also, the ambitions, uh, uh, what, what, what will be the situation within five years? create some sort of ambassadors for for uh, uh, for the people who now uh, might feel insecure about applying to Molly. Uh, I think that's that's the called the employer banning stage. Uh, um, after that, we talked about if a candidate evaluation uh, first interview. Uh, so maybe look a bit more creative uh, towards candidate instead of purely focusing on on previous experience or maybe the the university you went to or stuff like that. Uh, always then putting two. Manage two interviewers in the first interview uh, as different as possible. Um, then uh, eventually you will hire those people. You will uh, you will create a more diverse team. How to make sure that everyone stays happy within a company? Then yeah, that's almost an impossible task. <laughs> um, so I don't have an answer to make sure that everyone stays happy. But um, I'm a firm believer that uh, happy people will produce better results. Um, and that is someone something that HR can help with, but it's making sure that uh, managers get the proper training and education, that you um, create awareness in the whole company for diversity and inclusion, that you create an environment where being honest, but at mm -hmm. the same time being respectful um, are two core values, that you give people the opportunity to give feedback 360. Mm -hmm. So don't only do your performance reviews with your employees, but let them give feedback to their manager and the company and the um, the overall culture they work in and keep an agile approach to that. So continuously approve. Culture is not something you can create. Culture is something that grows mm -hmm. by having the right people in leadership positions and encouraging the right behaviors. And that's again, something that HR can help with. Um, but uh, creating happy employees, <laughs> I think is a job that we are all responsible for. Yeah. So basically you, uh, I, 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 for now you talk about honestly, honesty, for instance, I think it's a no-brainer that, that these values are also on your career side. I think they already are. Um, so to make it quite simple, actually what you're selling outside is something you need to make you need to make come true inside. Yeah, it needs to be the same. So we can't sell you the dream and then you land here and after your onboarding process, you decide, oh, I make the wrong choice because it's nothing like what was portrayed or told to me during the interview. So the last thing you want is for people to be disappointed after they join. I'd rather have them be a little bit underwhelmed before they join mm -hmm. and actually be um, super impressed after they've been here for a few months. So um, culture is also hard to show externally 
But when you ask someone internally to describe the culture, they can tell you instantly. Mm-hmm. But it will be a different answer from every person you ask. Yeah. Because it depends on the team you're in. It depends on the, the, the product you're working on um, and, a, and a personal perception of what culture is. Um, but overall, we need to make sure that people, when they join, they're happy, um, manage your turnover, uh, check why people are leaving if they're leaving, um, and ensure that people, ha- they have a voice and, and some, a place where they... Um, can go to work in the morning because they feel respected uh, and they can do a good job. Okay, cool. So I think for for uh, uh, Molly, uh, it's it's a young company. It's a gr- f- extremely fast growing growing company. I think you you you've quite an impressive vision on where you are right now, where you want to be. So I th- I think I think that that will that promise something for the future. My last question to you, um, of course, I think it's no brainer because we, we've, we've been talking about diversity now for, uh, for half an hour. Um, to everyone who's not 100% convinced about whether diversity works in your organization, uh, what would be the number one argument uh, uh, you would tell your hiring manager or your colleagues on the work floor about why is diversity so important in your company? So the best results, Um, I believe in any situation, if it's at work um, with a team or even at home with a group of friends, when you're coming up with a plan or an idea, the best ideas always form when you look at it from multiple angles. Mm -hmm. So uh, diversity for me is exactly that. When you have uh, multiple angles to look at an issue or a problem or a product, you'll end up with the best results. And in the end, we're all aiming for the best product or the best results. So yeah, diversity will definitely help with that. Well, I think that was the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks so much, Ingeborg, for being my guest for today. Thank you very much for having me. I think we have, we've heard a lot about all the ambitions Molly has and, and the plans for the future. So that's quite impressive. Um, in case you have any questions for Ingeborg, please just uh, drop them in the comment section or visit molly.com. We will be back in a few weeks with a brand new episode in which I will be having a conversation with Ferdinand, uh, who's head of growth at Recruity. Uh, Recruity is one of the fastest growing talent acquisition platforms in Europe uh, and also one of our integration partners. In that episode, we will discuss how to predict hiring success and which tools are useful to do so. So thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.